Welcome back to another episode of Spouse Holes. We are excited to do this new episode number two. So I'm here with Eric. Yeah, it's been a fun time, you know, getting a lot of good feedback on the first episode. A lot of things we can do better. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how was your week? You turned the big three zero on Saturday, so you've had one week of full on 30-year-old week. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel? Yeah, it was fun. We had good time, I think. We kept it kind of low-key, which was nice. We just uh, enjoyed some company from some good friends, and it was a good time. Good birthday. So how do you feel? Is it different than 29? <laughs> I'm an old man now. <laughs> you feeling it in your bones? People actually listen to me and respect me. But not your daughters. No, they never will. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's good. And Valentine's Day was also this week, so that was good. Yeah, it was nice. I didn't forget. and Got you guys a little something. I didn't, uh, you know, procrastinate it or forget about you. Yeah, and it was fun to have the girls also have the first Valentine. Well, Erica's first, Zaley's second, but I think she was more excited this time than obviously last time she was so small but yeah she she had a good time it was fun we went bowling we did go bowling uh, the girls are still a little too small for that i think it wasn't as fun as i thought it would be <laughs> it was fun for the first maybe five minutes yeah I definitely should not have bought three games yeah i mean you got to kind of play you were got your arms holding yeah. the girls well speaking of valentine's day i saw this uh story in the news uh this mother was arrested for going around the mall antagonizing young female attendees of the mall for a date for her son she would follow these girls around <laughs> and then say hey are you single and take out her phone and continue to show photos of her son trying to petition a date i mean well i guess if he was good looking then he wouldn't need the help of the mom like did he know that she was doing this Cause sometimes you hear the stories that the moms go out and do crazy things and the kid doesn't even have any idea that she's doing it i think it was the kind of one of those cases he didn't know what was going on and i guess it went to the point of almost harassment and the cops got involved and some of them were i mean it was beyond just hey do you think my kid's cute it's like she was demanding <laughs> I mean, I give I give her props for wanting to be there for her son and trying to help, but I feel like finding a date is just something that the kid needs to do on his own. Yeah, well, could you imagine the girl that says yes and then the boy doesn't even know about it and the mom comes home and says, hey, I got a date for you on Saturday, and then the first date would be beyond awkward. Yeah, I don't know if I would ever say yes to a random lady trying to get hook up for the son i just would feel like what's wrong with him why can't he do it on his home like does he know like what like why isn't he asking me like why are you asking me that's so, definitely a, not a good vote of confidence on that one <laughs> yeah i don't know if that relationship would even work if someone did say yes so that's that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a good one and i figured i'd share it with you to see what you thought about it yeah, I don't think I would go to that extent. Um, but there are some moms who do, apparently. So I guess kudos for trying to be the best mom. Yeah, so, I mean, would you ever consider doing that for your daughters? Going and seeing young men at a mall and say, Hey, you over there, um, come check out my daughter. No, I would never. I mean, I would. I think I would be at the mall with my daughters and say, Oh, that guy's a good-looking guy. 
you know, like, do you, were you interested? But I don't think I would ever go out of my way without my child knowing and trying to find her a date. Like, that would be really weird, I feel like. Like, that's just, like, I'm stepping into her personal life, and I think I have to give her some personal life. Like, she's half control of her life. So, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, and then you hear stories of people who get married to people who the parents want to be with like want the kids to be together and it's almost like a forced relationship and those usually don't work so yeah i wouldn't want to be the cause of that so (laughs) yeah i don't think you want that either so we are going to start off with our whole of the week first but you have an actual idea for our listeners yeah we're actually gonna mix it up a little bit i think it'll help get the listener involved and see if they enjoy it. Uh, what I was thinking is we'll do, um, each of us will come up with a hole of the week and kind of debate who has the bigger hole. And in doing so, we'll then put a Instagram post up where they can vote and let us know who actually won hole of the week. And it will kind of give one of us bragging rights throughout the next podcast for the next week so we can have new bragging rights week to week based on who has the best hole awesome so should i go first with my hole oh so you're prepared you got one do you? i think i have the winner hole so <laughs> <laughs> okay so my hole his name is actually eric and this happened on february 9th on your birthday so while we were celebrating he was being a spouse hole or a hole a spouse hole oh, a spouse hole Ooh, a he spouse was being bold um, okay, so Eric Huska, he's 58. Um, this happened in Illinois. Um, so him and his wife were in their backyard in their hot tub, and they were drinking and, you know, doing their thing. And he decides to get out, and it's time for them to, you know, get out of the hot tub. And she was struggling and wasn't getting out fast enough, so he just decided to close the top of the lid on his wife. And she, I guess... There was security footage of her struggling to get out, but he went inside. And he was inside for 90 minutes. Nobody knows what he was doing in his house for 90 minutes while she was out there struggling, trying to get out of the hot tub. He finally decides to get out of the house to check on her and pulls back the hot tub lid. And she's unconscious and floating. So he calls 911 and they take her to the hospital where she's pronounced dead. And he was charged with involuntary manslaughter for pretty much killing his wife. What do you think? Well, he, all she had to do was get out of the. <laughs> Obviously, the they were intoxicated. Tub. I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's someone died, but at the same time, oh my heck. you know, it's. I can see that he was definitely a spouse hole. Yeah, I don't know if you can top that. I mean. Yeah, he just like abandoned her, right? Yeah, he just straight up left her and came back. I mean, he came back and checked on her, but yeah, I don't think you should ever close your lid on your spouse. Yeah, that's kind of a that's a spouse hole right there. Definitely, I think I won. Well, let me let me at least <laughs> attempt to make my case. All right, let's hear it. I think I can top it though. Here's my guy, Matthew Lynn Jansen. He was arrested for murdering his wife, also, but his wasn't a case of him just closing the lid and going inside like a lazy guy my guy legitimately killed his wife they had been talking you know they'd been struggling they'd been fighting a little bit they actually were talking divorce 
There had been some reports of some domestic violence in the home. Some guns were removed from the home by other family members. So there was a little bit of uh, pre-escalation to this point. But he comes in and he killed his wife, shot her a couple of times, and she died. When he was being arrested, the police officer questioning him said, well, why did you do it? And he says, I can't believe that I did it. But hey, at least now I don't have to get that divorce. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah, I mean, I think we both have pretty good stories. I think that our listeners are going to have to decide because obviously I want to win. So I can't believe he said that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to think about it for a second. This guy kills his wife and just says, I can't believe I did it, but now I don't have to get that divorce. Well, and I mean, I mean, he's in trouble, obviously. He got caught. And I just don't think that there's really an appropriate time when you to like make a a joke about something like that ever like when you're handcuffed like if he's trying to make the situation not look as bad that didn't help his case definitely not definitely didn't help him at all but I guess there she was actually planning on moving out the next day and pursuing a divorce more heavily and so I that was probably what escalated the fight to that point and then he just killed her but he does get to spend the rest of his life. Give and take, I guess. Yeah, I think that he, he uh, took and he's going to have to give. Definitely he's going to have to give. All right, so it's up to our listeners to decide on who has the best... Hole? Hole. Spouse hole, because we both had spouses who were holes. So yeah, so these spouse are spouse holes. holes. So I guess we get to see who ends up having the best story. And we'll make that post. We'll keep it brief, so you'll have to actually be a listener to make sense of the vote. Uh, Look for that here in the coming day. All right, so we are going to go into our main topic, which is going to be what your favorite topic is, food. Oh, I love me some good food. (laughs) Um, In your opinion, you know, we were raised uh, quite a bit differently. I was raised in a white household, and you were raised in a Peruvian home. What role did food play in your childhood and in your family growing up? So food is what always brought us together. You know, growing up, my dad worked two, three jobs. And my mom, literally later on, um, she started to work also. But we tried really hard to make sure that we had dinners together as a family. Um, So it was definitely something to unite us as far as having family time together but all of our dishes in Peru they're like set dishes so it's like the potatoes and there's chicken inside of it and there's vegetables but the potatoes are smashed potatoes but they're formed as like a casserole I guess and then inside the layers of it would be the chicken and there's usually mayonnaise in it and on the top there's vegetables and usually hard-boiled eggs are broken up on it so there's like certain set of like plates actual plates and dishes we don't have like let's just put together you know some type of soup and put random things in or there's rice what can we put with rice like we always have rice in our dishes in peru there's actually a lot of chinese food also we do have a lot of asians in peru which i think a lot of people are surprised so a lot of our dishes have rice in it so that's kind of nice always having like set recipes but with having those like set recipes, it's kind of hard to find a good restaurant with good Peruvian food. 
I feel like my mom just cooks so good that I don't feel like a lot of people can top her. Or I haven't found anybody who could top her, to be honest. Well, I can kind of vouch for that because when we got married, I weighed a good 230 pounds. And if I were to step on a scale today, it would definitely top 330. <laughs> I've gained 100 pounds. And I actually gained that 100 pounds within the first year, I think, of being married. We were getting just, you know, that happy stage in life, but also that delicious Peruvian food on the weekends that really packed on some pounds for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who can top my mom with cooking. I think she's she's just really good. But she always says that she loves to eat, so she has to cook good or she doesn't eat good. So, um, but a lot of people in Peru, like when we went to Peru, there wasn't a lot of heavy set people in Peru. And I feel like our portions are humongous, and we do have a lot of carbs, but I think that they also do a lot of exercise down there. What do you think? Uh, I, I just know that I could live in Peru, but I think I would cut my life in half because <laughs> I would eat and eat and eat and eat, and then I don't really plan on doing the exercise. Yeah. They, and there's a lot of seafood, too. It's kind of hard because growing up, we did have, like, ceviche. Our ceviche is different from like other hispanic or latin cultures like their ceviche like i know like the mexican culture they add a lot of different seafoods as far as like crab and different types of fish and stuff in theirs but with ours it's usually tilapia and then our red onion and our ají amarillo that goes into it where ours is pretty simple and basic but i I actually like how basic it can. I mean, they can add more. Sometimes my dad will make some of like octopus and stuff, but nobody really eats it except for you and him. <laughs> so like seafood, it was hard because we didn't, like it's hard living in Utah and having like fresh seafood because I mean, we don't live by the coast. So when we were in Peru, we ate really good seafood because we were right on the coast. So, but yeah. I don't think I've eaten more in a month span than I did when we went to Peru. I think I ate four to five legit meals a day. Okay, and one of the meals that you ate was guinea pig. How did you feel about eating the guinea pig? Like Honestly, because here it's like a pet and you don't eat them. So how did you feel about eating guinea pig? So for me, you know, I knew I was going to do it. We went there and we went to a restaurant. The one thing I would suggest doing if you do go to Peru and you do want to eat a guinea pig, I wouldn't do it in the heavy touristy area. It was it was hefty price to eat yeah. that little guinea pig. <laughs> I mean, it, for the most part down there, we could eat a legit meal for under $5. But that guinea pig, I think it was like a $45 plate of food. And it wasn't a $45 dish. It was just because of the, oh, it's a guinea pig and you're in a touristy area and we're just going to get you for as much money as we can, which... To be honest, it was part of the experience, and I was happy paying it. And it wasn't that bad. It was actually quite enjoyable. But when they bring it to you, you can 100% tell that it is a guinea pig because the head is still there and the buck teeth are looking at you. <laughs> it's true. And my mom is such an animal lover that when we got the guinea pig and they came out with the plate and the little head was staring at her, she almost lost it. And so my dad, to make things so much better, decided to grab his fork and grab the head and try making the guinea pig kiss my mom and she almost lost it. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, so you get dinner and a show all for the same price, you know? I guess so. I mean, I guess it was worth the, what, 40 plus bucks? 
Yeah, I would say it was worth it. It was it was actually quite tasty. They what did you almost, say? What did you think it tasted like? What would you describe it as? Uh, you know, everyone wants to say it just tastes like chicken because that's what most people do and do say. And I would say it was, yeah, pretty much maybe, tastes like chicken. Tastes like chicken. It was deep fried, so it had like a nice crispy layer to it, and there just wasn't a lot of meat on it. So it's more of just the effect more than anything but it was just to say that you had the experience yeah i would do it it. again if i could find it like in an actual village not in a touristy area and maybe get it for more authentic even yeah so one thing too is that our so in peru ceviche is cooked you sit down they bring it out it's raw and the lemon juice cooks it but in peru when they bring it out to the table it hasn't sat in the lemon juice long enough to cook it yet because normally you sit around, you talk with your friends, you're eating the Peruvian ink and popcorn and you're, you know, drinking your beer or whatever. And then it cooks while you're doing the conversations and just having a good time. You're not in any rush. But here we don't do that. And with my family, we always make sure that it's cooked before any parties, before people get here. Well, and furthermore, when we were in Peru, I got a ceviche and it was bullshit that I had to wait. <laughs> I know. And that was, that my dad was like, we, it's because we trained you to always have it like ready to eat when you come to the party. So you're not waiting. Um, so it's kind of funny because, yeah, we, with ours here, you know, with my family, we make sure that it's cooked first. So that way when you get there, you can just eat it and you don't have to wait for it to cook. How it should be done. <laughs> and so your experience when we were in Peru was actually pretty funny because you got a big, like fork and just start going to town and just realize like all this fish in my mouth is actually still raw and you almost lost it (laughs) i was disappointed to say the least because i'm an impatient person when it comes to my food sometimes if you bring it out it needs to be edible (laughs) my dad just had the best time watching you eat it and he's like that's not cooked yet (laughs) hey i like sushi yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of times, like, the food is just something that, you know, you sit around, and you talk, and I feel like a lot of our, even now that we're all, you know, all of us are grown up and we're all adults, when we go to my parents' house, we still, like, dinner time, like, we all have to sit around the table. You know, my parents will bring out their extended big tables and set up multiple chairs for even all the kids to sit with us. Like, there's not really an adult table and a kid table. It's just a big table, and we're all just one big family. And there's, like, a 100 conversations going on. I think if anybody else from the outside came into one of our dinners, they'd be like, what the heck is happening? But I guess you you were there once where we all were just talking, and there's, like, 10 million conversations going on. And But it's kind of nice to catch up like that. It's just something that kind of brings us together. So I think food for us... Is something that brings us together, but my great-grandma would always tell us, um, and she died like, I don't know, like five years ago? I'm not sure. But she'd always tell us. Don't live to eat, eat yeah. to live. And so she always tell us that. And so, um, especially when you're getting a little chunky because you're really enjoying the food, and Latin culture, they don't care. Like, they all straight up tell you that you're fat if you've gained a little bit of weight. My grandpa would always tell me that, like, oh my gosh, when we first got married, you look so fat. And I'm like, I know, I gained like three pounds. Stop it. <laughs> but yeah, so food was just something that's, I think it just always brings, well, with us anyway, it always brings us together and we're always talking and it's just something that we can all kind of have like an exhale and just kind of like vent to everyone while we're enjoying something to eat, so. Well, I know with your family, I went from El Guapo to El Gordo real quick. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was, I mean, it's all heavy in carbs, definitely. Like, my favorite dish is green spaghettis. And I think a lot of people are like, what, when I say that? But it's just really just basil. The, the sauce is just basil and um, spinach, pretty much. And then the white queso fresco and um, just all blended together. And then it's, you know, on the spaghettis. And you usually have, we call it a steak, but you call it... Carne asada. Carne asada. So, so that's my favorite dish, but like I said, carb heavy. So, but in Peru, it's like they don't really, I don't think they really care much about that. So, but a lot of people are actually really skinny in Peru. I don't think we saw many heavier set people with how much the food comes out and how the quantity so yeah i think that i weighed about as much of three or four of you put together so and the peru experience was we'll talk about that on another was, episode <laughs> was fun so um okay so with with food for your family what was that like growing up what was what that entail for your family well i mean growing up uh, we were always you know we had dinner as a family that was always pretty mandatory but it was a really good experience because it you know kept us as a family and we knew where we were at night and we knew that we had to be home for dinner there was no I'm gonna be out with my friends all night it was you can hang out with your friends but make sure that you come back for dinner and then you can go back out one thing with my family is I know in your family your mom does all the cooking in my family my dad did well now my dad has been doing better with certain dishes he cooks and he's been pretty proud of himself. So ceviche, my dad has it. He always is the one that cooks the ceviche or any seafood for you, he cooks seafood, so. That's true, they do a good job, but I would say the majority of the cooking right, right. is done by your mom. See, mine was the opposite, but it was our own fault. When I was probably in fifth, sixth grade, it was more my mom would cook every meal and my dad would cook on the weekends, a lot of barbecue. But my mom had this one dish that was called, well, it's just a tuna casserole. Do you know what tuna casserole is? What do you think tuna casserole is? Um, whenever I think casserole, I always think of like a, cla- a glass, like where, glassware that you just put. A Tupperware? Like yeah, a like the, and you put, I guess this would be just heavy tuna, just tuna fish. I would assume there'd be some kind of breading or something, so it's not just tuna, but. So in this case, a tuna casserole has a base layer of it's a noodle dish. It oh. is served in the glass, uh, like a cake pan. Right. You put a layer of the noodle down. There's usually a sauce involved, a creamy sauce. Okay. But a, the protein is tuna. And then there's a heavy dose of cheese. So it's a cheesy noodle dish. You could think of it almost like a, uh, yeah, it's a pasta dish, but the protein in it is tuna. Okay. And there's cheese and sauce, and so I mean it's it's good. It actually is it is good if you can eat tuna. But for us, you know, especially as a sixth grader, and as my mom was outnumbered the entire time, I have one brother and my dad, and the three of us would gang up and tease her relentlessly. <laughs> and so this time around, that tuna casserole came out, and it was on a Friday. We teased her pretty good. Okay. Beyond pretty good. We were almost ruthless. The next day, my dad and I had to go to a football game. I have a lot of stomach issues. At the football game, I was having these stomach issues. Every time my dad would have to take me to the restroom, the team we were rooting for scored. It was really frustrating to my dad. Also to me, because I enjoyed watching the game. So when we got back home, we blamed it on the the team of casserole. 
And so because we were just so relentless in teasing her, and it wasn't like this was the first time. Whenever the littlest mishap would happen, we would really tease her. If she would slightly overcook something, (laughs) it was burnt to hell and it was unedible, even though it was 100% edible. My mom actually is a pretty good cook, and we do enjoy her dishes. But we're teenage, you know, we're young men, and my dad, he's the captain of being a relentless teaser. (laughs) And so we would tease her and... So she finally, that was the last straw. We broke the camel's back, if you will. She said, I'm done. I'm not cooking anymore. And so from that day forward, my dad cooked every meal. And here just recently, she started sprinkling in a few dishes here and there. Yeah, my dad fed us all growing up. And so for me, it was kind of a different experience because it was showed me that it was okay for men to cook. Right. And so I love cooking. We uh, barbecue together all the time. In fact, we're debating um, doing a smoking competition later in the year, depending on if it comes together as an actual competition and there's it, that it takes place. The, I've been talking with this butcher, and it sounds like they're going to sponsor this big smoke-off here in West Jordan. And so it'll be kind of cool to see how it plays out. Yeah, that would be way awesome for you guys to do that. I know you guys definitely love to smoke in you know, weekends. I know that that's kind of your thing is you like to do something barbecue um i did post something on instagram with you out there with the snow we got crazy amount of snow but you know you love doing it and you're out there cooking snow rain sunshine so kind of nice because we can bring both of our cultures together i don't mind cooking i'm definitely more of a cleaner myself but i definitely want the girls to know my culture of you know the foods and stuff that we have and then to also you know get a taste of your guys's culture of because i feel like you guys do a lot of barbecues so yeah, it was definitely, I mean, there's a saying in my family is never trust a skinny chef, <laughs> especially with dessert. Yeah, and my uncle, Carlos, makes the best desserts, and he's not really skinny. <laughs> I definitely trust him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so shout out to my uncle Carlos. He's one of the best bakers that I know, so, but yeah, it's. Definitely, I think food's awesome. It brings us together, but it's definitely shows on us sometimes. There's definitely the ways to do it right, and then there's the way to do it beyond enjoyment. And I have to say, a lot of meals I walk away saying, why did I do this? Why did I go for a third or a fourth plate? I'm having trouble breathing. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My arm's starting to hurt. No. (laughs) Uh, That's horrible. <laughs> and it doesn't help that I go through the big, large uh, Sam's Club size tums a month or a week, depending on what we're eating. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so that was our main topic. I mean, we would be happy to hear what you guys like to cook or you guys like to eat. If you guys have any recipes, throw them our way. I think Eric would love to try something new as far as barbecue goes or any type of foods. So did you want to go into our plugs? Yeah, we've got to do a plug of the week. I think we'll do the same thing that we're doing for whole of the week. I think so, too, because those holes were kind of downers. Yeah, so maybe what we'll do is we'll have to do it the combination of the two, so that it's not two poles, or are you thinking two poles, two separate poles? We'll try twos for now, and then next week we might have to change it up if people aren't liking it. So. Okay, well, I think I'll go first this time, if that's okay. All right, go for it. So my plug of the week is this very special young man who gave a single rose or flower to every woman 
in his entire city. Now, wow. it's not necessarily, you know, we're a little, we're populated a little heavier. I think this took place somewhere where there's not as many people, but I know that it was over 250 flowers. Wow. And he delivered them personally to each person. Individual flower for every female in his city. That, I consider one heck of a plug, but also a thinker. He's a young man. I think he was under 15, but I think he's playing the long game. Girls will remember him giving <laughs> that flower. That's a lot of work. I mean, for him to have to know roughly about how many flowers he needs to buy for his city, like that's a lot of work. So kudos to him. That's awesome. Yep. But yeah, I'm sure that that stuck into a lot of girls' minds. <laughs> yeah, he's going to roll around. Hey, you remember that time five years ago? I gave a flower to every girl in the city. But right now, I choose you to be with me. Let's go on a date this weekend. Okay, but at the end, the girl chooses to go on the date or not, so... Why not? But he's like, instead of, you know, of all the girls, I would like to go on a date with you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, that's true. All right, let's see if I can top yours. Think let's I can see. top it? Okay. So mine's also Valentine's Day, but it's not so romantic, lovey-dovey like that so mine was about a guy named Shondor Chandra Chandra he is he passed away last year and they his mom actually donated his heart to a guy named Sean it sounds like the son died of um there was a guy who a coach who punched him in the head and it was one hit he hit the curb and he was dead but so this Valentine's Day, Sean, who received the heart, went and visited the mom and the brother of the son who donated his heart. And she was able to feel the heart, feel her son's heart. They were able to hear the son's heart with this guy who's um, received it just recently. And he said that he's just feels so different with having the heart. He's able to, you know, do more exercises and... So I feel like he's, they're both plugs. I mean, the mom, you know, for saying, yeah, they're going to donate the heart. Um, you know, like kudos to people who are donors and choose to be donors. And then also the Sean and his wife who went out and visited, you know, the donor's mom who for Valentine's Day to be able to feel and hear her son's heart again and know that it saved someone's life. I think that they're both definitely plugs of the week so yeah yours is definitely more sentimental than mine that's, <laughs> that's for sure i think you could have done a two for one special on yours though you had your whole of the week and a plug of the week in the same story yeah but i didn't really i mean it's sad that he passed away but i definitely wanted to emphasize and focus more on you know the positive because the mom watching the video of her listening and feeling the heart she was so happy um, you know, when Sean and his wife came up to the mom at first, she, you know, the, the wife of Sean was like, I'm so sorry. Like, she felt so bad that, you know, her son died. Sean's mom was, don't say sorry. Like, I'm happy that you're alive. Like, my son saved your life. Like, this is awesome. So I definitely thought of this one as more of a plug because of how positive the mom was and how uplifted she was that she was able to not only hear and feel it but that her son saved somebody else's life so could have been a twofer but i pushed this one more towards the plug of the yeah, week definitely a plug and that that's a really good story i don't know mine 
reached out to a lot more people. I mean, yours was cute, but <laughs> but you're playing with, you know, with somebody with a little bit more. I mean, that was life and death. So <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to win this one, but we'll leave this up to the listener and we'll see what they have to say. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, that was, I think that was a really good segment of for Plug of the Week. I think we did our homework on this one. I'm going to have to step my game up, I think. I think so. I mean, it's... The news is kind of like you hear a lot of negative, but when you find that one gem of positive, it's like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Good for you guys. You know? I know. I had to sort through holes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's definitely a lot of holes out there. But for me to find someone that I considered like a good plug that would mesh with what we're talking about and the timing and stuff, there's just not a lot of people doing good things out there or they're just not getting the recognition in the news like the negative people, like the holes are. Yeah, it's... It's definitely hard because, you know, news is always something, it seems like it's always something negative and not a lot of good people out there get recognized. So I'm glad that we're doing it this way. So That's we can good. recognize them. And I like putting the plug at the end of the week or the end of the episode because at least now we're, you know, leaving on a positive note for the most part. Yeah. But then again, this is spouse holes. Do you think that there were any spouse hole moments between you and me since the last episode, was there any times that oh, I boy, was Oh boy, you've been so home? moody recently. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, this week, I think you've been good. I mean, it was your birthday and it was Valentine's, so I think you've been on your best behavior. I really, you know, <laughs> try my best for you. No, you've been pretty good, so. Yeah, that's really good. But there are two other spousals out there who we need votes for, so I think this was an awesome episode. What did you yeah, think? Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It was... I feel like we went a little smoother this time, a little less bumpy, and it's been good. Definitely. So thanks to our listeners. Um, we appreciate you guys coming back, and um, we will have another episode next week. Yes, next week will be good, and it'll be really nice to have you guys go out and subscribe. And we're now on Apple Podcasts, so if you could leave us a comment, maybe some stars. That would be really nice of you. We'd appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds good to me. Thanks, babe.